0: This is Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. It's Friday, July 14th, 2023. I'm in my Portland, Maine studio. Good to be back after a camping trip to Letchworth State Park in upstate New York. It's supposed to be an eight-hour drive, but we extended it to 10, taking the scenic route. Won't do that again. Really fantastic place. They call it the Grand Canyon of the East, and it is the Genesee River that has cut a just tremendous gorge that winds around creating all kinds of waterfalls and a park that was initially left to the state of New York by Mr. Letchworth himself, an interesting fellow, later expanded by the state. Really unbelievable uh, stonework by the conservation court, an Olympic-sized swimming pool, multiple facilities for families to just enjoy the great outdoors and I couldn't help but really appreciate All the infrastructure like everywhere you went there was just a tasteful and clean rest area with running water uh unlike i think a lot of uh public spaces in maine in particular um a a fabulous place the camping itself i would say left something to be desired for us we were wedged between two rvs of related people lovely people but very large groups on either side that would connect uh for parties With dogs and kids, our campsite was shady and muddy. And again, we were with Shady, our eight-month-old black lab, who had to be on a six-foot leash the whole time and slept in a crate, and the crate was in the tent. Had some rain, but nothing, nothing like what was going on here at home and in Vermont. We were off the grid, completely unaware of the deluge that apparently has just wreaked havoc in In Vermont and and some other places. Um, Highlights of the trip were um, just, you know, spending time uh, with Tom was great. We always have fun. Uh, Seeing the the park was really great. I did a bike ride. Seeing the snake in the road, though, was what really um, sort of shook me up as a person and caused some serious self-reflection. We were riding in the truck along the road that was the same road that was right outside our campsite so on this road we saw no exaggeration a six-foot snake it might have been bigger than six feet six foot is being conservative in the estimate of the length of this snake and it was a big thick one and we had one more night in the tent and the tent of course is on the ground and so it took um it really took all I, I had to put that out of my mind and get a relatively decent sleep the last night of camping. And it caused me to really think about um, my fears. I do have fears of snakes and fears of sharks. And somehow, nonetheless, I'm still able to swim in the ocean and camp in a tent. It's the snakes and sharks, though, uh, in life that um, really sort of get me down and, and, and a really challenging my mental uh, capacity to be resilient. And what I mean by that are bureaucrats in Augusta, and lawmakers for that matter, who, uh, (laughs) you know, are just gobbling up all this money, right? You know, a regular snake has these jaws that expand allow it to like swallow a goat and then digest it over eight years or something. Well, these lawmakers who have just been awash in cash, all of them trying to create a brand for themselves, do a, you know a dog and pony show to create programs that they think are going to solve the world's problems, like, for instance, the Mobile Home Replacement Initiative by Main State Housing and other Main State Housing programs. There's <laughs> these programs that look so glossy, the low income tax credit, um, They they look and sound great. They are bureaucratic and legalistic morasses that are just impenetrable for your average citizen. And so you need to have skilled professionals to navigate these programs like a lawyer. And so I have been representing somebody who is eligible under a program to replace a dilapidated mobile home. In Charter Oaks Mobile Home Park in Biddeford, I've talked about this in previous podcasts. It's cooperative, and uh, she has the lot. We have a a contractor ready to demolish the old home beginning September first, install the cement slab necessary to place a new home. There's a new home sitting on the lot at Twin Town Homes in Oxford, Maine, that. My client can afford that could be delivered and placed on the new cement slab, so that this family could have adequate shelter before the snow flies. This is a new home to replace a dilapidated pre-1970 trailer that is unsafe; that doors and windows don't close, pipes freeze all the time, and the inhabitants include a five-year-old and a fifteen-year-old. And so, um, my frustration with the snakes in the government. The the snakes in the grass, the bloated snakes who gobble up all the money, is that all the money seems to go to the people who don't really need it. So we have lawmakers. I'll just give you a perfect example of my lawmaker, Rebecca Millette, who I'm particularly peeved at right now because she takes the high road when it comes to housing and has sponsored a bill to put originally, I don't know, two hundred million dollars i think towards main state housing now the bill has been reduced to 44 million i believe and it's probably gotten passed off the appropriations table just pu- pu- you know pumping more and more money into main state housing when this client of mine right now is being prevented from getting a new home because the people at main state housing just can't make this program work the latest kerfuffle in trying to get my client a new home is some bureaucrat uh, sharpened his or her pencil or their pencil and decided that, um, that that paying borrowers' legal fees might not be within you know an appropriate expense for, for this particular deal. And, I, and it just floors me. <laughs> it just absolutely floors me, that a modest legal fee. Okay, there's a lot of legal work that's going on. I'm, like, negotiating and writing the contracts. I'm doing the permitting, basically serving as the general contractor. I've met with the governor's office. I've been through a grueling loan process with four different lenders. And, and, and the work continues. We haven't even broke ground. And, and so the, the legal fee on the settlement statement is, is perfectly reasonable, capped at 5% of the purchase price of the house, which is what a real estate broker gets. So the point is that this this bureaucrat who's sitting there getting paid a government salary okay, because of a program created by a lawmaker, the purpose of the program is to help people find shelter. My client needs shelter desperately and has the resources, if she could just make this program work, to demolish her old mobile home and replace it with a new one. But this bureaucrat thinks that the whole process should be slowed up so that he or she or they can nitpick what we contend are reasonable expenses directly related to this project and expect to be compensated by the grant that the lawmakers set up specifically for this purpose. So the lawmakers in Augusta are getting a raise to pass so many bills to just keep shoveling money at Maine Housing when Maine Housing can't apparently close a loan to replace a mobile home. The bank won't, you know, disperse the loan funds until the home is delivered. Well, the seller of the home won't deliver the home until it gets paid. Main housing is supposed to bridge this gap. Main housing is supposed to make these things happen, and it's not. So, uh, lawmakers who create programs slap themselves on the back, right, send out a press release, and then pawn off the actual implementation of the programs to either a government agency or, even worse, a nonprofit who just gets more and more taxpayer dollars. And before you know it, all the money is just being spent on people to shuffle papers around <laughs> and, and not going to the people who need it. So um, I, I'm just stunned at the um, at the that the attitude of the people at Maine Housing—I mean, their their whole function is to provide housing. You would think, in this instance, not just an exception could be made, but that they could just see beyond <laughs> their nitpicking and, and 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 make this happen. It's just um, un- unbelievable to me. Uh, I I think I guess um, I I think Main Housing needs a serious um, review of performance results before uh, millions of dollars get sent that way. and before millions and millions of dollars go to these nonprofits and these t- consultants who have you know the government just pawns off the work to consultants and nonprofits and then taxpayer money is drained at that level. It's just it's, it, it's just layer and layer of bureaucracy that is impossible. It's impossible to navigate for the ordinary person and their programs that are completely ineffective. The government is not doing a job solving the housing crisis. It, it's not. These these programs are not working. And so um, I I guess all I can say is that um, the private sector needs more incentive to build housing. Um, families need higher wages and... Um, and better benefits so that they can afford to live in the neighborhoods where they work. Obviously, zoning changes need to occur. But when it comes to main housing, they need to get off the dime and make it easier for banks to lend money, put money in the people's hands. It was like with COVID, the government couldn't put money into the hands of big business and financiers and manufacturing plants fast enough. Billions of dollars just just directly deposited into the accounts of these businesses. And yet, here's somebody who has been approved for a loan, is in desperate need of housing, can't get the money to, to get it going. It's just, it, it's beyond me. And, and this is not somebody looking for a handout. This is somebody who works two jobs very hard, pays her taxes is a skilled seamstress who has made uh, curtains for the Bush estate in Kennebunk. That's how skilled she is. Good credit, uh, can afford a loan, has saved substantially for a down payment, uh, is a good person. You know, she's a, a legal immigrant working to become a United States citizen. She's the exact kind of person that deserves to access these programs that apparently you know, are, are just all all talk, all talk, no action. So, main housing um, today, anyway, you're fired. <laughs> uh, but on the positive front in Cape Elizabeth, the momentum for community housing or uh, housing on Galcrest continues. Um, a lot of a lot of momentum. Actually, there's going to be a meeting Monday night where the town engineer presents the feasibility study that I mentioned last week that was uh, done by Sebago Technics at the request of a unanimous vote by the town council. So the town council will receive the report and get comment from the town engineer. As I said, it, the, the bottom line is that creating housing on this 22 area uh, parcel of Gullcrest that's north of the transport station and, and south of the Spurwick River is feasible. And we can do a condo development similar to Cape Colonial Village, or we could do more multifamily style housing. And the beauty in my view is that it can all be done without changing the law. So there's great momentum. Um, I think people are coming around to this idea of bonding the road because it's a very good idea and makes building the infrastructure inexpensive. So stay tuned. But that that's at least a positive step in the right direction. But again, just getting back to my state representative, Rebecca Millette, who I, by the way, respect very much. I'm so grateful. I've, you know, grateful for her work, but when it comes to housing, she's completely out of touch because she has not taken a stand. And and when Cape Elizabeth has been where the rubber meets the road when it comes to housing, okay, we had a low-income tax credit project shoved down our throat despite the numbers that show it was not only economically ridiculously expensive and produce a product that would completely inappropriate for our community. She said I was splitting hairs (laughs) When I was explaining that, you know, this project would not house children or teachers right across the street from our schools. So she's a big proponent of the low-income tax credit, uh, and I think that that is a solution that is not appropriate for most of the communities in Maine. And she's just a big proponent of just shoveling more money at Maine Housing when, you know— Maine Housing has enough money. What Maine Housing needs are people who are creative and can use their discretion and their power in a way that actually, uh, you know, helps the people who are supposed to benefit from this program. I, I'm, I'm just, I mean, the size and the scope of the government administering this program is is ridiculous. I mean, they're just shuffling papers, not getting money to the people who need it, and and that's got to change. The last thing I want to talk to you about is another kind of snake, okay? The the first snake was my favorite, the natural snake who crossed the road peacefully, strutting his or her stuff. Did you know those snakes don't have eyelids, though? So this snake was not batting its eyelids at us. But that snake was just living, not really bothering me, caused me to do some self-reflection. These other snakes, these Fat bureaucrats gobbling up all the money, and uh, the 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 lawmakers who keep patting themselves on the backs for creating programs that then they pawn off to nonprofits and consultants who fail to really meet the expectations of the public and soak up all the money, so that there's barely anything left for the people who actually need it. The third, you know, kind of snake is the one that I saw from my. Kitchen table, having coffee just two days ago. In the morning, I'm looking out, which is a is a nice view of my neighbor across the street, a construction company, a, like a long-standing Cape Elizabeth business. They've been there, like f- since the beginning, like the, one of the town's founders. Uh, great family. Um, my son worked for them for a summer. It's hard work, but it, you know, good solid work. Well, the daughter has a car. Uh, a nice, white, shiny car, and she is a Trump supporter. And she's also a dump truck driver. Like, she's a tough, <laughs> you know, I I, I just think she's a hot shit. She's whatever. She has the right to have a bumper sticker on her car. And what I witnessed was this guy walking down the path just decides to take out a marker and some kind of object to scrape off the Trump bumper sticker and write... S- Something, you know, in in his own words. And I, I just couldn't believe I was witnessing this. So I ran out. I was in my pajamas, actually. I ran out. I had coffee in my hand. I said, excuse me, excuse me. You know, like, what are you doing? And this coward, you know, started, like, running away. And I couldn't, unfortunately, uh, take my camera, like, get the camera to actually open in time to take his picture. But I did flag down somebody coming out of the place and said, there he goes. He's the one who defaced your property. But what a snake. Like, what a coward. You can't tolerate walking by a car with a bumper sticker on it that you don't agree with. You think you have a right to scrape somebody's vehicle and to write on it with a Sharpie. I hope that guy gets caught, and I hope he gets prosecuted. You know, whether you like Trump or not, people have a right to express themselves, and you have to be tolerant. And and this is what about the left fringe that I can't stand to me. I, I just can't stand it, that there's just this intolerance, this inability to tolerate a, a, an alternative opinion or mindset or argument. I mean, people just cannot tolerate the other viewpoints, and it's, and it, it's not American. A, and it, And so to the coward who defaced my neighbor's car, I hope you get caught. I hope you get criminally prosecuted for just having the inability to control yourself. And, and to think that you have the right to scratch somebody's car <laughs> because you don't like their bumper sticker and then to not even own up to it and run away like just an unbelievable uh, low life. So how's that for ending on a happy note? Yeah, um, today's a little bit of a rant. I'm on a tear. And uh, until next time, this is Cynthia Signing off.